I believe that veterans are the key to unlocking America's next golden age. By empowering and influencing one million veterans to transition well and become leaders in their communities, we can unlock our country's destiny and continue to change the world. My name is Bernard Bergen. Rob YB Youngblood is the Chief Connecting Officer at YB Connects. For over 15 years, YB has focused his energy on building long-term relationships that lead to profitability. He has a unique way of helping people increase confidence and decrease frustration when it comes to attracting new opportunities. His positive attitude enhances his ability to help his clients to overcome challenges in the area of communication, leadership, and networking. YB and his team specializes in helping people leverage the LinkedIn platform, both online and offline, to expand their network and build relationships that last a lifetime. Let's get started. Because it's you, I want you to kind of expand on your bio and why you tapped into your gift to become not just a LinkedIn expert, but someone who makes connections both on and offline that lead to profit and lead to lifelong relationships. So I'll start with a setback. In 2012, I was working for an organization that impacts youth through high-risk dropout prevention program, right? So I was working with the organization for six months, and I had two individual uh, separate positions, so two part-time positions with the organization. And after six months, the money on one side dried up, mm. and I was serving a dual role in another capacity. So when the dollars dried up on one, they didn't need me. And because I was serving a dual role, they said, well, we'll have to part ways. And so they um, laid me off. Right. I'd never been laid off before. And I can attribute being laid off to someone who may have gone through some type of a trauma mm -hmm. and just dealing with trauma. Because when you have your livelihood, I was leaving the building of the uh, organization I was working for. I prayed to God that he would deposit within me something that would allow me to live for him while I use the gifts and talents that he's given me to impact the lives of other people. And that's when he uh, blessed me with YB Connects. And so I've had a track record up until that point of building long-term relationships, even as far back as elementary school, just mm -hmm. in touch with people, engaging people, connecting with people, staying in touch. And so I realized that that was something of value. And yeah. then I was also tinkering with LinkedIn since about 2005 when I was working for the Boy Scouts of America to be able to identify speakers for our speakers bureau, volunteers to help. Right. And so I realized that that was a product that I could serve or, or provide to a job seeker or to an entrepreneur that was looking to develop business. So, you know, my bio has been, you know, one where I'm always looking for ways to connect with people. I'm always looking for ways to add value. I yeah. come from a single parent home. My dad was actually killed when I was two. So oh, wow. growing up, I didn't have any, I had a sister for my father, yeah. but I was my mother's only child. And so, you know, I was always seeking ways to connect with people, even as a right. kid. Right. So now, because of what I do, I get to, I get paid to do what I've always been doing since, since a kid. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to plug that as well, because I think at times people don't understand the value of an expert. Like since talking to you, doing a coaching call with you and guys, I'd say why be undercharged me? Because right after that, you know, just the relationships you were able to point me to and connect me with, you know, it really almost was like an instant real time return. And I think at times people don't understand how best to leverage their professional net and social networks. And you are a master of that, you know, and people brag about you being the LinkedIn locksmith. And, you know, I love that, you know, you share that as well. Why do you think, especially in this online connected world, we devalue the power of relationships? I think it's because we sit behind a computer screen and we, we want to get an immediate return and relationships mm -hmm. take time. Mm -hmm. I think people devalue relationships because they don't understand that it, it takes time to build relationships. And I was watching a, a video online. I think ET uh, posted this. Uh, Warren Buffett said it takes 20 years to build a reputation, but it takes like only a second to destroy it. Right. So, oh, yeah. so we have to be mindful that uh, relationships take time. But as we build them, we have to be delicate because it doesn't take that much time to destroy them either. So I think the, I think the right reason why people devalue it is, number one, they may not have quality relationships themselves. Mm -hmm. Number two, 
they want everything at a fast pace. And so it doesn't leave room to build genuine relationships. I think social media hurts us in a way because of the terms that we use, friend, connection. So yeah. what happens when you friend someone, people automatically think, oh, that's my friend. But you don't really know what's going on behind that person unless right. you right. connect with them personally and build the type of relationships or, or ask the type of questions or find the, the necessary common ground that will help you to build a solid foundation and then you know build some height to it with the relationship. Yeah, let me share the story that I think ties right into that. Yeah. The thing that made me realize that you were not just an expert, but a guru in this space, you said something that uh, this mentor of mine said, and he said it in such a powerful way. He said, Bernard, why are you on Facebook? And I was like, well, you know, because you're supposed to have one. And he was like, until you know why you're on Facebook, get off Facebook. That's right. And then when I heard you teach about LinkedIn, you said, stop adding people to your LinkedIn network. Like if you know them, LinkedIn is not Facebook. And like that just clicked for me. And I was like, oh, oh man, I need to schedule a session to consult with you to figure out why am I on LinkedIn? Right. And I think again, from there, I was able to just stay in my lane, speak to the community that I'm building and get to know why people want to connect with me. And that was something I learned from you. I would just like you to take some time to explain to, you know, the veterans leaders community why that's important. You can't just allow anyone into your unit because at times they infiltrate your brand and they lower its value. Dr. Ivan Meisner of uh, BNI started BNI 25, well, back in 1885. And he says networking is like having car keys, right? And a part of those car keys are your keys to your house and the key to your bank account and the keys to your uh, mailbox. You go to a PO box. Would you just automatically give those keys to a stranger? Mm. So if the answer to that is no, then why would you just invite or bring in anybody into your network that you haven't vetted? Right. Right. So I don't think there's anything wrong with connecting with people you don't know, yeah. because just like in retail, when you walk into a retail establishment, those people don't know who you are, but they're right. going to on getting to know you. They're going to ask you key questions. They're mm -hmm. going to find out what you want. They're going to mm -hmm. find out how can they help you. You may not buy anything, but you're going to leave with a positive impression to the point where that person says, you know what? I think I'll go back to that farm fresh, or I think I'll go back right. to that the same is true for an individual and social media. So most people, especially when you're visible, they want to connect with you. They want to get into your network. They want to, mm -hmm. I want to network with you. But people's definition of network is different than what I know of networking. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. the definition that I've grown to know networking is, is the ability to connect with people in such a way that you create mutual benefit. Right. And it starts with you giving. Right. right. So right. if a person says they want to network with me, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, they're coming to give me something. Right. They're coming to build mutual benefit. So maybe I should see them as a value. But if they're there to take, uh, that's not network. You uh, feel what I'm saying? And so yeah, I think the key yeah. is for people to learn, especially the veteran community, that you've given so much. Like you serve this country at the same time as how can I start the relationship with someone? Not because I've served in the military, but what can I give of my service to you as an individual, mm -hmm. knowing what I bring to the table to add value so that I can then receive value back in return? Yeah, what's powerful about that is something I always try to remind myself is that the most expensive thing we pay is our time and we pay attention. That's the highest gift we can give. And at times... Because like you said, we're just giving the keys away to our networks, to who we're connected to. It's one of the reasons we can't attract the right people. And you have an extensive network from uh, school presidents, uh, multimillionaires, sales gurus. I always watch and admire how not only how you serve and continue to build these relationships, but they call on you first when it's time to connect to something else. Right. Can you... Talk about what tools or tips can we apply to just be that trusted connector? Because we're all an influencer, whether micro or macro. And I think at some point we can grow to be a more macro influencer like yourself, but it takes doing the micro things well as well. No, I agree. I think so. The first thing you got to be clear about what you do uh, mm -hmm. who you are and why you do what you do. So it's very important. So you, you focus on the why. So why am I doing this? Uh, who am I? What yeah. am I doing? Right. So those three things are critical. And then you have to identify who can I help? 
You know what I'm saying? Right. So most people, they say, well, I want to help everybody. Now you're not going to be able to help everybody. You got to focus on a specific target. And when you can identify that target and you can masterfully impact that target, then what's going to happen is those people are going to talk about you in the realm of how much you've impacted them. So, right. right. So we have a group where we're part of us, a common group. I focus on impacting that group, not every group, but that group. Right. Those people in that group, as a result of the impact, somebody's going to either notice a change. They're going to say, man, you're doing something different, man. Like I see you, you're on LinkedIn. Like what, what's going on? Like, how did you get that? Right. You're not going to take credit yourself. You're going to say, you know what? I was working with a guy that's the LinkedIn locksmith. Do you yeah. know Youngblood? And so what happens is that name pops up. And I learned this from a gentleman uh, when he said to give more in value than you take in payment. Oh, wow. So oh, give wow. more in value than you take in payment. Why? Because when you give more in value, like you said, you feel like I may have like shortchanged or under undercharged you. Really, I gave more in value ah, than I took in payment. So yeah. by doing that, money is not an issue because at the end of the day, people get leery. When you start talking money, you start talking right. price, and you right. trying to over-teach you and this. Right. You feel right. what I'm saying? It's like you're investing in the relationship early by not charging too much up front. You give those people the opportunity to feel good about you, mm -hmm. make a powerful impact, and then they become a cheerleader for you. Um, wow. So therefore, allowing wow. you to be the connector and you just and what i do is i just apply it with every single relationship i run the same play oh wow wow and that i come in contact with right so just systemize how you add value and make sure that your value that you're giving is way more than that you're receiving and, and something i can speak to in real time you know i'm watching you put together your workshops in the dmv area and i'm watching the overwhelming response anytime people know that you're available. What does that feel like just balancing that and then you have your personal clients and things like that. But also, how do you just maintain the brand because it's both online and offline? Right, right. So I'll start with the second question first, you know, the whole branding piece. I'm now coming into a new realization of this whole concept of branding, you know, because you get around people who are experts in branding, mm -hmm. experts in helping companies promote themselves and helping individuals promote themselves. And so for a while, you know, YB Connects was my brand, right? It was, you know, YB right. Connects, like that's who I am. Like my, my name from college was YB, like people called me mm -hmm. YB connects is what I do. And so it makes sense that that would be the brand, but I'm understanding that I am the brand. So wow. Robert T. Youngblood is the brand, right? Right. Next is the entity by which I'm able to do what um. I do. So the online and offline, like I'm balancing it by recognizing that I need to show more of myself. I need to be more mm -hmm. visible, more vulnerable, showing mm -hmm. what I'm doing with people as an individual. And then my company, it's highlighting me, but it's also right. highlighting the work that we're doing for other people yeah. uh, and for those clients that we take on. So the online and offline, I see them as similar, but I love being on the offline because then that's when I get the chance for people to feel me. And some of right. can't feel you online, right? Yeah. yeah. telling video. But when you get into somebody's space and you look them in their eye and you mm -hmm. talk them a certain way and they hear the tone, so that's how I that's how I do that. The first question focused on repeat the first question for me if you don't mind. Yeah, just more about how do you attract people to you as you you know you do your your live events yeah, and, and yeah. just your. It's all a power of words. It's a power of words. So for example, if you and I were in a conversation and I did some research on you, say for example, I looked up your LinkedIn profile, saw you had a background and you were a veteran and I wanted to build a rapport with you. One of the things I would do is I would incorporate veteran in my conversation. Mm -hmm. I would talk about military. Why? Mm -hmm. Because that's something that's connected to you. And mm -hmm. so I may not have served in the military. I may not be a veteran, but mm -hmm. when I start talking about that, I may ask you a question about that. That is something that's important to you. And so right. now what's right. important to you, I've made important to me. And because it's now important to me, we're on the same page. Right. Right. Does that make sense? So yeah. now it's like, it's two dots. It's like, it's you, it's me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so unless I can draw the line between you and me, we have no connection. Yeah. So I look at, okay, what college did you go to? 
Right? Mm-hmm. I always ask the same questions when I meet somebody. The first question I ask you is where you're from. Why? Because somebody, everybody's from someplace, right? Right, right. So you might say, well, I'm from Washington. I say, okay, great. I'm from New York, right? So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we don't have a commonality there. Well, what college did you go to? Well, I went to this school. Okay, mm-hmm. I went to this school. Okay, that may not be a commonality unless both of our schools are affiliated with, let's say, like HBCU or something. Right, like that. right, right. If, for example, you went to Morehouse, I went to a and mm-hmm. we didn't go to the same school, but we understand the HBCU right, right. connection. Maybe we're in the same organization, a fraternity, a civil group, whatever. Yeah. Whatever, I ask questions to uncover where the connection is. And once I find the connection, I build on that. Okay. And celebrate the differences, right? But you got to find a common bond first. Now, Obviously, we're both men, so yeah, you know, we, yeah. can, we can maybe somehow find a connection. Maybe you like football. Maybe you like right, right. baseball, whatever. But it goes deeper than just that. It's like, what is really important to you? Like, what's your right. call? And I ask those questions yeah. throughout certain work. Yeah, yeah. Man, I really like this guy. Why? Because he's just like me. Mm-hmm. People want to be around those who are just like them. Now, we may not look the same. We mm-hmm. may not come from the same environment. We may not even be from the same social economic background. But if I find a cause that resonates with your cause, now we are alike. And then right. we can build or build upon our differences from there. Yeah, I love that. And you know, I, I was taking myself back through when I first met you and you did something that for me was very powerful. Again, met you in person for the first time and you, you know, you asked me about myself. I shared with you, you know, that I was recently separated from the military and you immediately introduced me to the veterans you knew in the room. And I was like, man, this is, that's right. This, you know, I always saw your connection brand, you know, and it was more my online experience with you. But then when I was again in person with you, you did the exact same thing. And I was like, whoa, Absolutely. You know, and I really appreciate that. So if I didn't say thank you before, I want to say thank oh, you. No, I appreciate that. I think it's important to be consistent. You can't be two different people online and offline. You got to be the brand. You know, we learn that all the time. You got to be yeah. the brand. Oh, yeah. I think me doing that for you was more so to help me to help other people that's in the room because other people may not feel as connected. So right. if I can, if I'm listening and I'm identifying your background, I'm like, oh, you know what? Such and such is a veteran too. Let me introduce you to Jake, right? Right, Let me right. You to these guys, you know what I'm saying? And then what happens is I'll leave you guys alone. Wow. Yeah. I've already done what I needed to yeah. do. Yeah, like, yeah. And it was, it was so natural, you know? Yeah, it was, it's yeah. Be, yeah. You don't force it. You don't force it. And so what happens then, like you said, people don't need to tell you, like, I, I didn't need you to tell me how that made you feel because I know what the impact um, is. Yeah. I already know. It's kind of like when E.T. talks, he knows the words that he's choosing and the power that he brings is going to bring about a certain impact on a certain type of individual. It's not going to impact everybody, right? Right, right. I know that whenever I meet somebody, in order for me to strengthen my connection to you, I've got to connect you to somebody else because what I just did, and I'm going to give a quick secret here, is I gave you something. Remember, uh. What I gave you was an opportunity to connect with somebody who was just like you because you both have a common background uh, in the military. Maybe different stories, whatever, but military is like a fraternity, whether you're in the Marines, whether you're in the Navy, whether you're in the Army, whether you're in the Air Force. It, it's like we serve in one country. We understand preparation. Right. Uh, we could talk, talk. We could talk shop, even though the language might be a little different. Yeah. We understand yeah. that we're speaking. Yeah. So. To highlight your work on LinkedIn, not only do you help people tailor the conversation on their social presence, specifically LinkedIn, to who they need to connect with, you also teach tips and strategies on how not to connect with the wrong people. Yeah. But at times, I know people are, again, disqualified because their online presence, their LinkedIn stories, their LinkedIn page is totally off from the culture, values, and brand of who they're trying to connect with next. And I know that's one of the areas that you and your team specialize in, helping people change the conversation on online, especially specifically in that LinkedIn lane where a lot of it is business to business and people go deep really quickly on on who you are. It's almost your online social resume. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the key is, you got to be able to promote yourself in a way that when people read it, they feel like they know you already. Mm. Oftentimes we promote our companies. That's great. But people want to get to know you. 
Right. Uh, I was actually just giving some advice to an organization in, uh, in the solar arena, mm-hmm. and they, they're doing phenomenal work. They're doing they're doing great work, but their goal is to attract people to their organization. So the thing that I recommended was for this particular individual is everybody on their profile is putting their position. Right. Everybody's putting their title. Right. So what makes you different than the other salespeople from the other solar mm. company? It's only when you promote your value statement that you then begin to separate yourself from everybody else who's just looking to sell or looking to attract salespeople. Yeah. When you're emphatic about promoting your value, then the people who connect with you off the rip because they see that your focus is this. So when people can see who you are, what you do, who you help, how you help them, and why you help people, right? that's the slight edge difference between you and everybody else that does what you do in your, in your industry. Right. That's a big differentiator because for many, when we transition from the military and we're looking to connect, we're looking to build new bridges to new careers and opportunities. Right. At times we're slapping people in the face with what we did and not with who we are. And that's something you made clear for me when we did our consultation. And I just wanted to ask you about that. I know you're a lot busier now and you're, you're working with a lot bigger organizations. When is your open season for enrollments into some of the programs, webinars, or even into the some one-on-one coaching that you do? Yeah, I have a process. Uh, I love to engage people one-to-one and, and meet them where they are. So, for example, if somebody were to connect with me on LinkedIn, one of the first things I would encourage them to do, not just for me, but for everybody else that they connect with on LinkedIn, is to make sure that they send a personalized note or message mm. with their invitation to connect. Uh, what that does, that helps the individual you're looking to connect with. Say it's me. It lets me know what your intentions are. It lets me know right. what it is that right. you want. And it also lets me know how you may have found me. So somebody might say, you know what? I was listening to the podcast that you were on and I heard some very interesting things that you said and I'd like to explore more. I'd like to connect with you, right? Perfect. So when I see that, automatically, there's two things that I'm thinking about. Number one is Bernard's adding value. He's helping me. People that listen to him are now coming to talk to me so I can thank you properly. But then I know where to start off. Oftentimes when I get invitations on LinkedIn, it's very generic. It's very bland. Mm. And so I then have to vet them by asking, what prompted you to invite me into your network? So my open season is pretty much every single day. I don't have like a certain time period. Every single day, I'm vetting people. I go from the vetting process to then having a 15-minute conversation by phone. Right. Um, Because I'm a firm believer that if we can get on the phone, the power of voice helps you to understand where I'm coming from. Right. Right. I'm still in the relationship building process. I'm actually still in the marketing process. A Mm -hmm. lot of people think that sales and marketing are the same. It's not. The marketing process helps you get to the point where you draw the person in Mm -hmm. to the point where they now are ready to make a buying decision. Right. 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 How do you know that they're ready to make a buying decision? They they have to make a buying decision is when they start asking you questions. Right. right? Those are called buying signs. So I understand that from a sales perspective. So we're all in sales. So I would say that I go from the LinkedIn to a 15 minute call. And then based on that call, when I identify what that person's interests are, I would then either send them a proposal mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. and highlights the opportunity for us to do a one-on-one consult or enroll them into a group coaching program that would allow them to work with other people at a pace that meets their right. needs. Right. Right. And you know, some of the, uh, the transformations I've watched you do over the time I've known you have been phenomenal. I've seen you work specifically with accountants and people who at times are like, you know, I'm an introvert. You sit me behind my numbers and my spreadsheets. I got you, but I own a business. So I need to build my business outside of tax season. And you were able to go in and increase sales and increase revenue generating activity by X amount. And, you know, that was some of the phenomenal things I got to see you do up close and personal. Now, I'd just love to uh, have you showcase just why we need to connect with experts. I think I love the do it yourself movement, but at some point, no amount of research makes you an expert, right? You know, and it doesn't mean that you're ready to actually be a consistent decision maker in that process. And here you are an expert at connecting people offline and online and also connecting them to opportunities that again, with this one 
uh, person, you put their business in such a strong level that they were able to hire staff and branch out. So my question then is, why are experts like yourself so important? And even more so now, because, you know, we kind of have this do it yourself mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Because we only have 24 hours in a day. Oh, got it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so when you try to do things yourself, the time that it takes for you to do it, could be cut in half by an expert. I'll tell you a quick, a quick story. I think you'll like this. So a gentleman was having uh, problems with his pipes mm-hmm. and he calls a plumber and the plumber takes about an hour to come to the house, comes into the house, observes the situation, goes back out to his truck, grabs a hammer, taps on the pipes twice. Everything starts to flow, gives the guy a bill for $200. The homeowner's like, are you kidding me? You came into my house? You tapped on my pipes twice, and the guy's like, yep. And he said, you gave me a bill for 200 bucks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he said, how could that be? Like, I, you didn't do anything. I said, sure I did. He said, it's a dollar to tap, $199 to know where to tap. Ah, uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so when you hire an expert, the expert has invested time and energy mm. resources into learning their craft and zeroing in on exactly what they need to have done. If they don't play no games, they know exactly where they need to go. They're not going to say, well, let's test this out. Uh, let's test this out. Maybe it's right. this. No, they come in, they listen to what your situation is. They've likely experienced it before. Right. And so now they just apply what they've learned to that situation and boom, they get it. They get the result right. they're looking for. And so a lot of times people are like, ah, I want to save money. I don't want to spend no money. Well, the money you're saving mm-hmm. in doing it yourself is actually costing you because it's time. Yeah. And I was listening to a guy, a very wealthy gentleman. He says, listen, if you take the time to cut your grass and say you pay a guy $20 an hour to cut grass, then that means your time is worth $20 an hour. Mm. If I could take an, if I make more money in an hour than you make in a year, yeah. one of us is stupid and you know which one it is, right? Yeah. So, and, yeah. I mean, he's very blunt. And I guess when you make a lot of money, you could be very blunt. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but he was talking to a bunch of hard-headed, if I make more money in an hour than you make in a year, what what's the disconnect there, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Meaning I'm not going to take an hour of my time to go cut my grass when I can make the amount in an hour that you make in a year. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hire someone to do that, therefore leveraging my time, leveraging my resources, which allows me to stay in my lane to do what I do better. Right, right. Now, let me ask this, because I know many in the uh, military have strong networks, um, but again, military focus, and now they're transitioning away. What if uh, someone wanted to work with someone like yourself, Mm -hmm. um, even apply to work with your company or even learn the trade of just being a professional consultant and right. in the building of business of building, you know, connections that are lasting. Mm-hmm. What can they do to one connect with you or even approach you correctly so that they're vetted correctly for the opportunity? Because I, like everyone else, back to your time being super valuable right. and in demand. No, I appreciate that. I would say the two ways uh, primarily would be my website, which is Mm -hmm. ybconnects.com. It gives people an opportunity to see exactly what I do, who I've helped, how I've helped them, how much I cost. You know, I I, I believe that it's important to put your prices out there. I uh, I remember listening to Josh Letts, who works with um, Chevrolet up in Colorado. Right. And he's like, listen, everything we do is up front. Mm hmm. Right. There's no hidden bells, no hidden whistles. It's all up front. And so I, I do that. But that would be the first way is uh, YBConnects.com. And then secondly is LinkedIn.com. Uh, they can find me just by typing in my name. If you're connected to Bernard, clearly you'll be able to connect. To <laughs> yeah, me. yeah, absolutely. Uh, he and I are definitely connected. So I would say they can connect with me, but make sure that when you connect, you reference that you heard about me here, because then I'm going to understand the reference point by which you're approaching me. Right. 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 Um, I also believe it's important to let people know explicitly what you want. Don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to tell people, listen, my goal is I want to work with you. My goal is I want to hire you. Be afraid to let the fear of rejection. Right. There's a fear that that if I put myself out there, they're going to reject me. And that might be the case. Right. They might say I don't need your help. Yeah. But that's the risk of 
reaching out and building relationships, right? I right. Mean, anybody that's been in a relationship where they may not have been rejected by somebody from the opposite gender, they may have wanted to date, the person says no, it doesn't kill you, right? Mm-hmm. It just means that that's not the right person at the right time. And really, most of it is timing, right? Yeah. But yeah. if you don't reach out, you've already lost, uh-huh. right? You've already lost. I heard, I think it was Wayne Gressy that said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Absolutely, right? absolutely. So if you don't take the shot, then the answer is already no. Mm-hmm. If you do take the shot, you have a 50% chance of the person saying yes. So I, I would go with the 50%. Um, they can connect with me those two ways. And then from there, I look to identify what their needs are and build with them accordingly based on what what they're striving to do. Right, right. Again, so if you're out there, you're listening and you understand that you need to connect with YB, again, head over to his website. I know YB personally, and I still followed his process because as you follow process, you access the expert. You don't ever want to shortcut the process. And that's something, again, that YB taught me. He said, Bernard, you, here's your processes. Here's your gaps. Here's how we close them. And as I've done that, everything from my branding to my business has grown and has consistently been on track forecasting the way YB sat down with me and helped me forecast. So I I want to say thank you for that and just put that out there because I think people forget that there are experts. When you connect with experts, they help get you to the next level. And let me just add one more thing. So we heard about uh, the importance of being boring, right? You know, it's like you go to the gym, you take the same jump shots every single day, or you do the same process every single day, you practice the same move every single day. It's important that you stick with that. I had a, I was on a call this morning and a gentleman was like, hey, YB, I just want to get with you uh, for a few minutes. I say, hey, no problem. Just shoot me a text. I'll text you my calendar room, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure he didn't want that response. Right. But if I just allow someone to cut into my day, knowing that I already have things lined up, they would be ignored. Why? Because I'm in the middle of my process. This is right. important. You feel right. what I'm saying? Right. Um, somebody might want to just have a random call. Now, depending on the person, you know what I'm saying? Depending yeah. on the person. But even with that, if I'm focused, I'm not taking any calls unless they are playing because you never know how long that call is going to be. Right. old environment, you have the ability to say, hey, I at least know I'm blocking out 15 minutes of my time for this person. Now, most of my calls, because of my relationship and how I talk, sometimes they go over 20 minutes. <laughs> I even had a call that went an hour and a half. And luckily, I didn't have anything else planned, but it was well worth the call. I'm in control of that. And I think for those who are listening, you have to treat yourself as a business and treat your time as your greatest asset. Your time is your greatest asset. Your health is a great asset. Your time is you cannot get that time back. And so you want to invest it wisely in people that's going to help to multiply the time. So me being right. on this with you is literally multiplying my time, whereas I could try to go and talk to 400 people today, right? Mm-hmm. Individually, which you you and I both know, that's 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 right. virtually time impossible, right? Yeah. Or I could do one event and talk to one group. Right. Supplies my impact. So I think it's important that we invest our time wisely and recognize that before you can generate financial capital, mm-hmm. you want to focus on social capital. So oh wow. Bring it back around to what we talked about with the social media, right? You want to be on social media so that you can connect with as many people as possible, but you want to make sure you build those offline relationships so mm-hmm. you can grow your social capital. I don't care if you got 5,000 people on your Instagram, 5,000 people on LinkedIn. If I reach out to one of those people and ask, do they know you? And they say, no, you have a weak network. Yeah. Yeah. You have a weak network. So the goal should be, okay, you got 5,000 people on Instagram. How many of those people are you actually engaging? How many right. of those people do you know personally? How many right. of those people, if they saw you walking in the mall, would stop you and say, hey, what's going on, YB? Yeah. How you, doing? Yeah. you can then say, hey, Bernard, how's it going? Right. How many of those people, right. That's the true measurement of your network. And it only happens when you take it from online to offline. Yeah, I love that. So again, uh, veteran leader listeners, if you are building out the biggest social media presence, but it doesn't translate to offline. I think you're failing the process and I think you immediately need to reach out to YB. Now, something I want to touch on because you talked about time, you talked about the value of time and you talked about productivity hacks. And I think one of the things that I just started really following in your footsteps was your commitment to personal development and how that not only 
allows new types of relationships, but allows you to train yourself to approach each opportunity with new tools to make the same activity more valuable. Right. I'd love for you to take some time and just, you know, share your journey to personal development, why you you help train others with that as well, and why do you suggest that people adopt yeah, that? So like I said before, I grew up in a single parent home. My mom worked for the for the telephone company. So she would work overtime, double time, triple time just to provide for me and her. And so in 1999, uh, or maybe 1998, she had an unfortunate accident that laid her up for six months. She couldn't work. She, you know, had a situation. And she was in the car. She was in a cab. Like I said, I'm from New York. She was, she was in a cab and was talking with the cab driver. And the cab driver, unbeknownst to my mom at the time, was prospecting her for an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And essentially said, well, you need to connect with my wife. You know, my wife is involved in a business and, you know, you need to connect with her. So she ended up connecting with this woman and lo and behold, she became a part of Primerica Financial Services, right? Mm-hmm. And so as a result of that, only person in my family that owned a business was an uncle of mine who owned a carpet cleaning business. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Nobody else in my family was a business owner, right? And so... When my mom got introduced to Primerica Financial Services, and I'm not endorsing them, I'm not saying anything positive or negative, I'm just saying it was the fact that she was in a independent business ownership uh, realm where the focus was on personal development. Mm. See, when you're in sales, you have to develop your asset, which is your mind, because there's a lot of negative out there. You know, when you right. get a bunch of no's, you're thinking no is your name. You get some. Yeah, help. yeah, yeah. But if you don't develop the mindset, then it's difficult for you to get the results. I remember Abraham Lincoln said, if you give me eight hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend the first seven sharpening mm. my, my saw. Right. Mm-hmm. So the saw is your mind. So I, that's how I was introduced to books by Dale Carnegie, How to Win right. Friends and Influence People. Ogden Dino was one of the most, the first books that I read, The Greatest Salesman in the World, The Greatest Miracle in the World. Blew me away. Books that really helped me to see the value of being alive and the value of being yeah. able to connect with people. So I started digging deeper. And then that led to me uh, joining another direct sales multi-level business that was based on listening to audio. Mm-hmm. Like your car into a mobile university. Right. Where you can fill your brain with the positive because the negative is like weeds. You don't really get rid of it. You just dilute it. And mm-hmm. so it's a matter of professional development, reading, and then understanding the importance of being coached. Right. Yeah. And then being a coach, because there's certain things that you don't learn until you start helping other people. Oh, wow. Wow. So it's not just about what can I keep getting and somebody's pouring into me. Like Kendall says, we often get constipated because we get so much information in, we don't use it or we don't execute on it. But it's not until you start coaching other people yeah. that two things happen. Number one, you start to value your coach more, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the information that you're sharing, you're learning how people are impacted and it makes you want to get better. Why? Because if the people you're coaching outgrow you, they don't need you as a coach anymore. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So you got to stay on the cutting edge. I don't care if it's just one step ahead. Right. I don't care if you just read the chapter. You may have the book and you may just be four chapters ahead. You're still ahead. Right. The moment, the moment your pupils pass you, in theory, they really don't need you anymore. Right. From, from that perspective, right? They'll always need you. But, but from that perspective, if you teach me everything you know, and I know what you know, what else can you teach me? Right. And, and what's so powerful you to about it to, to educate yourself so you have more to teach so that you're still valuable to the people that call you coach or call you. Right. Coach. What's so powerful about that? I, you know, I envision the military where, you know, you have someone who's a new entrant into the military and maybe you're their team lead for a while. And because you're failing to do some of the personal development, the education, some of the additional training, they are now on the same level as you. Yep. And yeah, you still outrank them because you had dated rank. But sooner and later, they move one rank above you. I pass you. Yeah. you know, so, so I know that's going to resonate. That's, hum- that's humbling feeling, man. Like, I brought you in. You a lieutenant now? Like, oh, gosh. And I got to say, right. yes, sir, you? Like, come on, man. And, you know, and I'll, I'll speak to this from an age perspective, too. So you have a lot of, I think now we have the dynamic in the workforce where we have, like, four or five generations in, in the workforce, right? 
And yeah. so now people are having to, to feel like, well, listen, man, I'm putting 30 years in the company. And how's this 26-year-old whippersnapper, you know, passing me? Well, maybe because they have more certifications. Maybe mm. they have a streamlined piece right. of You have width of knowledge. Right. Breadth of knowledge and depth right. of knowledge that is specialized. Think about it. A cardiologist gets paid more than a general practitioner. Yeah. Right? So Absolutely. they have a they have a they're a specialist they're streamlined in terms of knowledge and so they're going to generate a significant amount more than you because you know everything they know a lot about one thing right and they get called in to do that it's just no different than a sniper everybody has a gun yeah line on Come the on. sniper that dude that he is a special he's a specialist in handling a specific task and we're yeah. going to call in his dog we're not calling joe blow that could just shoot right like, range right You're talking about the dude that could take you out from a mile away so yeah i think it's important that we find that one area that is our bread and butter and mm-hmm. we just, just keep practicing that every single day i don't care how boring it is it's boring to us but when it comes time for us to perform the people that we interact with will be in awe because you're just accurate. It's no different than Curry, you know, Steph Curry, mm-hmm. him taking jump shots. We looking like that, that's a piece of art. Like, right. It's just like looking at right. Picasso painting come to life. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna, you know, just take this time to uh, shout you out because you are a Picasso at what you do and just getting people focused on their online resume, which is in our space right now, LinkedIn and, you know, just your personal brand on that site. And you've done, again, I've gotten to see your work, not just with myself, but with others. But I think at times, again, some people are still going to be doubtful. Some people are going to forget that, yes, you are a sniper at LinkedIn. Right. Now, I know you know this in better detail. You and your teams collect this data. What's the revenue loss to someone entering the job market who doesn't have a strong LinkedIn profile? Yeah, they still got the job, but they missed some free add-ons because when people scanned their value to the company, which is their personal connections, they were like, oh, well, I can hire Bernard at this range because we know he doesn't have a deep online You know what? I don't think the revenue is lost if they don't have certain things on their LinkedIn um, profile. I think think if they're unable to communicate, so it's just like a resume, right? The purpose of a resume is to get you an interview. Mm. The purpose of the LinkedIn profile is to get you an interview, right? Yeah. So I'm being interviewed all the time. You know, I mean, clients are interviewing me whether or not I want to do business. And then we might have a second round interview. Right, right, right. I don't get the job until they cut the check. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think the key is to make sure that you can get the interview. Mm. And how do you know you're getting the interview when people want to connect with you? Right, right. right. The tall tell sign that my profile is working for me is every single day I'm getting no less than 10 people that want to connect with me. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, right? wow. I look at E.T.'s profile, right? Um, yeah. He literally has 100 people a day wanting to connect with him. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so the tall tale sign, if you are making, if you're in your lane and you're making an impact, people are going to want to connect with you. That's equivalent to you getting the interview. Now, once you get the interview, that's your time to shine. That's your yeah. time. If you've done your research and you're able to speak the language of the person who's interviewing you and they have a desire for your service and they like you and they can afford you. Right, right, right. You can't come into a position saying, you know what, I want to make $160,000 working for your organization. If that's a startup company and their whole budget is 160000 Yeah, yeah. And do your research, right? So I think the LinkedIn component is no different than your marketing dollars at work for you. Mm. So I think the key is making sure that you are wording your LinkedIn profile in a way that you are attracting the right people so that you can get the interview. That's all oh, you want. Right. You want to get the interview, whether it's right. in person, whether it's on the phone, whether it's over Skype, you want to get the interview. And the interview right. starts when people want to connect with you. Nice. Nice. I really enjoy that. And that again is, is expert information. Cause as you were saying that, I was like, huh, because I can, I saw the uptick and people reaching out to me after I worked with you specifically on LinkedIn. I was like, man, I'm not in the market for a new role. Why are people, but you had me improve some things in the way I was presenting myself. Right. And that again, put me in a better position to have those connections, you know, organically. And I, again, I I just credit you for that. And I really appreciate that. Now the last piece of information I'm going to grab from you. And I, I think, we need your expertise on this because sometimes we don't know how to process when a recruiter or 
a company wants to partner or do business with us and they reach out through LinkedIn at times without knowing it, we respond like it's Facebook or Instagram or even Twitter. Right. So the first thing you got to make sure that you level set, what is it that you want? You got to treat people like a person, you know, be professional at all times. What I do is when somebody sends me an invitation to connect, I always call them by their last name. Mm. Typically we do, Hey, what's up, Bernard? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, if you reached out to me and I don't know you. I'm like, hello, Mr. Bergen. Why? Because I want you to know off the rip that I am, this is professional. This is not play play. Right. This is real. This is real deal. You know, right. I've had some people, you know, criticize me for that. You know, like when I asked them, why did they invite me to connect? They're like, oh, you think you big time? No, I don't think I'm big time. You want to connect with me. Right? right. So I think I think we have to be mindful with how we communicate. Same is true with all the social media platforms. Even now, like on Facebook, I've begun. I mean, I've got a backlog of hundreds of people that have sent me invitations to connect. I don't, I don't even know why. Like they've never identified themselves. But I am slowly opening up the door to connect. Why? Because everybody you don't connect with is a missed opportunity. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Everybody you do connect with is a potential opportunity. They're right. a potential client. They're a potential referral. Mm -hmm. They're a potential cheerleader. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would rather have a hundred people who are cheerleaders. They may have never done business with me before, but they like what I do. They champion my cause. Talk to people why? Because it makes my job of increasing visibility easier. Uh, and, yeah, and it yeah. also holds me accountable to staying on point. Right. So jumping right. around from different things. Just yeah, yeah, stay yeah. the course and accomplish those goals that I need to accomplish. And I thank God for my coaches because they've had to pull me to the carpet. They had to call me to the carpet. You know, you're saying this over here. You're saying this over uh, here. Saying. Be consistent on all your platforms. Right, right. I love that. And I know that's something that, you know, everyone in the military who's transitioning can apply customs and courtesies, something we all know. Again, yep. consistency, you have to wear the uniform, you on the base, you have to wear the uniform. Yep. You know, so I think that plugs right into the space. Now, as we prepare to wrap up, I'm gonna pick your brain on books that yep. you would suggest we go out right away and pick up and read. And also, again, just how to connect with you, what's the process, how to get in front of you, and how to tap into the YB Connects expertise. No question, no question. I mean, I've got right here to my left, Outwitting the Devil. I think uh, that's one of the first books. I don't care. I was taking a walk uh, the other day, and I was thinking about books that I've read. And like, if I were to help somebody get started on their journey, Mm -hmm. I think the very first book that I would recommend is Outwitting the Devil because Napoleon Hill, who wrote the book, he wrote, he was the guru in terms of success uh, right. stories. You know what I'm saying? He right. wrote Laws of Success. He wrote Think and Grow Rich. He wrote How to Succeed and Prosper. He wrote all these different books. But Outwitting the Devil talks about how to masterfully avoid the pitfalls uh, that the enemy throws at you, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you don't understand up front, if you can read all these other books on how to make a million dollars in two weeks, how to do, you know, how to get rich, you can read all of that. But if you don't understand that there is a strategic plot to prevent you from being who God created you to be, right? you already lost. You right. can have a million dollars and still not understand that you are part of a trap. And it's not a, it's not a heavily religious book at all. It's not even religious at all. It's not, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't even promote a specific religion. But what it's talking about is how to avoid the traps of the enemy. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll just give one little snippet. Uh, in the book, Napoleon Hill is having an interview with the devil. Now, so we don't know, right? But what the devil says is that I control 98% of the people in the world. Well, you got to ask yourself, am I one of the 98%? <laughs> and number two, how would I know? Right. Oh, man. He talks about mm -hmm. how you know you're part of that 98%. Yeah, yeah. And so at the end of the day, I think it's so critical. That book is critical. The Magic of Thinking Big mm -hmm. would be the second book. Right. right? Because he talks, and I'm not going to give it away too much, Bernard, but he talks about, the enemy talks about what is it that you need to do to avoid being trapped by me. Right. One thing. Right. There's one thing. Right. Right. And so the second book I would recommend is The Magic of Thinking Big. Right? Wow. Yeah. So that falls in line with anyway. Yeah. So I'll give it away. Right. <laughs> the third thing, the third book would be The Slight Edge mm -hmm. by Jeff Olson. Right. Not to be confused with Joel Olstein. Some people admit that mixed up is <laughs> Jeff Olson. And the slight edge says that the things that you do consistently mm. over time 
lead to the big things. Mm. Most people want to hit the home runs, but if all I can get is base hits, that's more than enough. I like you feel that. What I'm saying? I like so those that. three books would be critical. Um, Outwitting the Devil, The Magic of Thinking Big, Slight Edge. There's other books out there, depending on what direction you want to go. Rich Dad, Poor Dad was a phenomenal book for me, considering mm-hmm. I grew up without my father. The Greatest Miracle in the World is a phenomenal book. Oh, wow. Especially for those who are transitioning from the military and they're starting to feel some type of way about their existence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Greatest Miracle in the World will literally transform your life. Okay, okay. Yeah. So those Thanks are those are a few books. I think because you said it, man, I might have to go ahead and put a, a library on my website. <laughs> Top important books that YB recommends. I may have to do that. I'm Absolutely. Gonna, I know. I know. Put that on there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll be tuning into that. So so lastly, I, I know that, again, I want to just highlight your work so that people don't ignore how they connect with you. I know you right. spoke at the university I graduated from, Old Dominion University in Virginia, yes, and that, you know, veterans affairs departments can partner with different student alliances to bring you in to train them on LinkedIn as they prepare, you know, for career progression, things like that. So just really, again, just touch base on how we connect with YB, how we get in front of you and your team so that you can do what you do best. Oh, no question. So once again, ybconnects.com is a primary way to connect with me. Uh, definitely starting with my website there, ybconnects.com. And then LinkedIn would be secondary. So you can just type in Rob YB Youngblood or Robert T. YB Youngblood and you can find me on there. You can do hashtag LinkedIn Locksmith pretty much on every platform and you should be able to find me or, or hashtag ybconnects and you'll be able to find me. But I'm not I'm not hard to find. Like I said, if you're connected to Bernard, you'll be connected to me. And I'm looking forward to adding value. And I'm going to tell you what, Bernard, I'd love with the fact that you are a grad of ODU. I'd love to see how I can get you to come back and speak at your alma mater. I think there's some value that can be created there, specifically of those who are in route to the military or yeah. have already selected to go into the military or have returned back and are going back to school as a way of uh, finding their career. So I'd love to be able to find a way to make that a reality for you as you continue to grow and expand on your brand. I think you just signed me up for another session. I'm going to be reaching out. (laughs) Guys, this is what YB does best. He is absolutely the best at it. I have worked with, you know, some of the top marketing firms in the country. Again, I'm in a very unique position, work for a major corporation. So they do great work. They connect and brand at the highest levels, but organic lasting connections. When I need those, I turn to YB. So YB, thanks again for bringing your expertise to the show. I love what you're doing doing for veterans. Uh, And for those of you who are listening, trust me, Bernard is a phenomenal resource. Continue to uh, stay close to him, ask him questions, reach out to him. Whatever you need to do to gain insight and wisdom, um, you can't get any better than art. So just continue to, to, to rock on with him. Appreciate that, YB. Well, you know, I got to be mindful of YB's time because that means I'm stealing some clients' times. <laughs> so thanks again for penciling me in and being on the show. And as soon as we get this uh, cooked up, we're going to push this out. Thanks again, YB. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bernard.